Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay. Everybody good? Everybody good up in the balcony? You good? You good? You good? All right. Be seated in my presence. Thank you so much. Um, so glad that you're here this morning. As Jock said, I'm from Oklahoma, but we have just adopted uh, the, 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 the James family, Jock and Shirley, and, and uh, they're amazing kids. And uh, you, don't, you don't know this because I haven't told you this yet, but we're brothers now. I, I, I'm changing my birth certificate. I'm now Ethan James. I'm part of the family, everybody. And we, listen, listen, I, um, my wife uh, is here and uh, my, my daughter will hope and Owen and, and they, They'll tell you, I, I honestly don't say this everywhere um, because I'm not a liar. Um, I, I, I love your church. I love your church. I, I don't, I'm not here because um, like I needed a place to preach or, uh, you know, I was at a conference and Jock was like, you know, come on over. I guess this American is here. No, I like, I, I would like, I'm seriously considering moving and I, I like, <laughs> Like, we're gonna help in the parking lot. I will string Aaron's guitar for him. I don't know how that's gonna work, everybody. I'm gonna hang out with Wale every chance I get because, listen, he knows the city. He knows all the good curry places, which, okay, time out, time out, okay. Okay, like, I love your church. I'm so excited. But, but the other day, they fed us. We were at the men's conference, and they fed us, and they brought in a curry. I thought, okay, let's have a curry. You know, this is like, I'm an American, like, I don't know, we eat McDonald's, right? And so they brought in the curry and I was so excited. I took a bite of it and my mouth was on fire. Like, like there was, there was steam coming out of the corners of my mouth. And I, th- I was like, I'm not going to let them see the American be a baby. Like, there's not a chance. Like, and I'm looking around, I'm hoping everybody else is hurting too. And, and, and sure enough, the curry was like extra hot for, for some reason that day. And, uh, and, and, and one of the musicians, uh, Josh, who was over here on the keyboard a little bit ago, uh, he, he walked in, he's about to come out on stage and, and he grabs some curry to go, like he had it in a takeaway box. And so he thinks, I'm just gonna eat this real quick before I get on stage. And before I can stop him, he puts a bite in his mouth and his eyes just get about this big. <laughs> and I thought, well, at least he doesn't have to sing. But then about halfway through the set, they brought his keyboard out to the middle and he had to sing. And I just knew he's still hurting because there's no way that's worn off. But he pushed through to the glory of God, everybody. And uh, we love your team. 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 Um, And when I was little, uh, my grandmother was kind of the hero of our home. And I would stand at the stovetop with her and she would teach me how to make oatmeal. I loved, oh, we call it oatmeal because Oklahomans just are really, we just call, we call it a trash can because if you don't tell Americans what goes in the can, they'll put the wrong stuff in there. So we can't just call it a bin. We have to call it a trash can and we can't call it porridge because we need to know what it's made out of. So we call it oatmeal. And so we would stand at the stove and we'd make oatmeal and here's what would happen. She would, I would say, when is it ready, grandma? When is it ready? And, and she would say, well, honey, you have to wait for it to boil. You have to wait for it to boil. And so I'd stand and I'd watch it, I'd watch it, I'd watch it. And you know there's that moment where in the water, it's not boiling yet, it's not rolling, but there's this little streams of bubbles starting to come up from the bottom of the pan. You know what I'm talking about? That's happening in your church right now. There are these bubbles, it's it's boiling. 
You may not feel it boiling yet. It may not be, it may not be, uh, it may not be so much that you can't contain yet, but it's boiling, it's boiling, it's boiling, it's bubbling. God is doing something here, and I hope you feel it. I hope you feel the life of God, not just growing in this church, but growing in your family, growing in your heart, because God is up to something special here. Do you agree? Yes, come on. Okay, now, you didn't come to hear about my grandma's oatmeal. You came to hear from heaven, yes? Did you come to hear from God this morning? In the balcony, did you come to hear from God this morning? Yes. Okay, so if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to the book of Zechariah chapter four. Uh, if you've never had a pastor ask you to turn to Zechariah before, that's okay. It's kind of unusual. But if you go to the books you know in the New Testament, find the names you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then just rewind in your Bible two books, all right? When you rewind, you're going to you're going to find the book that Kara was, Kara was talking about just a minute ago, Malachi. Go one more book and you're going to find Zechariah. Zechariah chapter four uh, contains uh, an amazing little story of a guy whose name you may not have heard. And here's what happens as a preacher. Maybe you've experienced this if you teach somewhere. Uh, if uh, I know Wale is a, a, a counselor, he'll sit down with folks and they'll come in. And uh, if, you, if you're a parent and you have kids, you want a word from God to encourage the people in your life. And often you'll ask God, God, help me know what words to share, what words to say. And so as a pastor, when you come to another church, you pray, God, give me a word. Give me a word to give to people. And here's what, here's what happened. God didn't give me a word to give to you. He gave me a word to take from you. You didn't know you were gonna lose something in church today, but I think it's something that you need to lose. And I'm gonna take one little four-letter word out of your life this morning, and it's this little word right here, the four-letter word, just. So, I want you to say this with me on the count of three because it will be the last time you get to use this word. You ready, everybody? All right, on the count of three, let's say this together. One, two, three, just. Now, here's what I know. Just is a qualifying word. You will use this word often in your life. Uh, you will say, I'm just going down to the store. Just always has something after it. Whatever comes after it is qualified by just. It's described. Just tells you what you should think of what comes after it. And in our life, we, it looks a lot like this. There's a blank that comes after it. And when my son was graduating from high school, uh, uh, my, my son Owen is here, he has a little brother named Wyatt. When Wyatt was graduating from high school, all of the parents go around to the other kids that are graduating and they say, what are you gonna do when you're done with school? What's your dream, young man? What's, what's God put in your heart? Some of the students would say, I'm going to university, I'm, I'm going to uh, you know, study medicine, or I'm going to study law. But I noticed something. Some of the kids would drop their heads. Their shoulders would slump. And one young man in particular, it broke my heart, it struck me all the way to the middle. He said, I'm, I'm just going to work with my dad. So hold on, young man, stop, 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 stop. Is that what you're supposed to do? And he said, yes, sir, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Then you're not just going to work with your dad. You're going to work with your dad to learn the family business, to support your father in what God's called him to do. You're not just anything. But here's what we often do with that little four-letter word. We put it in front of what's going on in our life, and we say things like, I'm just a mom. 
I just take out the trash. I'm just new here. I'm just trying to make it. And so I want to take that word from you today because I think that word has the capacity to work like a wrecking ball in your heart and ruin the faith for the season that God has you in. So let's read this little story together from Zechariah chapter four with this in mind. Zechariah chapter four and verse Uh, starting in verse four, says this. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, really fun name, but a guy you may not have any idea who he is. We know who David is. We know who Moses is. We know who Joshua is. We name our kids after them. I very much doubt that any of you have named your kid after Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is an interesting character, though. Zerubbabel worked for Darius the Great in 500 B.C., Okay, so this is about 500 years before Jesus, and he's working for the empire that has put Israel in slavery. Darius sends Zerubbabel back to Israel to rebuild the temple. Now, Zerubbabel is a really important character, and if you have named your child after Zerubbabel, that's a really good thing because he's kind of a hero. Now, Zerubbabel leads a group of people back for a really big project. The temple has been ruined. Israel is, the, the city of Jerusalem has been God's promise, but it's, it's not where it's supposed to be. And I wonder how many of us feel like our life is that way. We know God has promised us something, but it, it's not built yet. It, 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 it's just at the beginning, okay? Zerubbabel, Ezra tells us, in another place in the Bible, Ezra tells us that Zerubbabel leads nearly 43,000 people back. He's got a big job. He's responsible for 43,000 people trying to start again. And I love what God says about the assignment he gives Zerubbabel. He says, it's not by force or by strength, but by my spirit. Do you know this verse? It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What God has for you to accomplish is not up to your own strength, God tells Zerubbabel. This project you're going to build, it's not gonna happen just because you can force it or you can muscle it or you're smart enough. It's gonna happen because my spirit is with you. This is what, and I love the title God gives himself. You know the one that's behind you? You know the one that's gonna empower this mission? Is the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets, there's a day coming, God says, you don't see it yet, when the last rock, the last Lego is gonna go in place. Poof. And you're gonna stand back and you're gonna see, we built this with God. What we started out with, we have accomplished. And what does he say? When the final stone in the temple is in place, the people will what? Shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. And in this, we find a little bit of human nature described. When do people throw a party? When something is finished, yes? When it's done, when do the people say, yeah, look at that. Oh my gosh, you're so smart. You got the degree. Great job. We clap. Yes. When people walk across the stage and they get their diploma. Very rarely 
do we gather together and clap when somebody's studying for a chemistry exam? Hey, good job, good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. Very rarely are we throwing a party at the first day of school. Very rarely are we throwing a party at 2 a.m. when we're flipping through notebooks. We throw a party when the ceremony comes, that we see things are done. We cut the ribbon and the, the grand opening is here. But very rarely do we throw a party when the foundation is laid, yes? But I want you to notice the difference here between verse seven, when people throw a party, and verse 10, when God throws a party. Verse 10 says this, do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices when? To see the work begin. And then he says this, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Now, plumb line is not really, we don't like talk, I don't ever ask my wife, hey, can you go in the garage and get me the plumb line? It's, you know, if you work maybe, if you're a mason uh, and you, you work with concrete, maybe you use a plumb line, but most of us don't. So I wanna give you maybe a slightly different picture. This is what God says. Plumb line works a lot like a tape measure. You know how a tape measure works. He says, you know when God throws a party? Zerubbabel, this man who's leading this group of people back to rebuild, says, you know when I throw a party? When Zerubbabel walks into Jerusalem, there's a scene, and he looks at this devastation, and there's a, a weight to it. There's a discouragement to it. There's a fear involved. How am I gonna pay for this? How are we gonna find the people to rebuild this? How are we gonna do this when people are going to attack it? How are we going to do what God has called us to do? Can I tell you, if you sit in a place in your life and you wonder how, how is this gonna work out? You are in great company because almost every person in the Bible has had the same exact question. So here's a moment that God says, I'm gonna throw a party when this happens. When Zerubbabel is looking at this wreckage and he's just bold enough to walk over and pick up the tape measure. That right there, just that simple act. God says, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Ah, hey, confetti cannons are going off in heaven, why? Because Zerubbabel was willing to start with what he had. Now here's the danger. You cannot build a temple with a tape measure, right? But you cannot build a temple without one either. So I need this. Somebody has to start dreaming. Somebody has to gather around some architects. Somebody has to break out some tracing paper. Somebody has to sharpen the pencil and go, okay, measure this out. How, much, how long is that? How far is that? What are we gonna do over there? How, how, how big does this, you know, uh, this, this first platform have to be? How big does the door have to be? How tall do we have to make this? How wide does this need to be? What are you doing? You're setting the parameters. You're starting to understand what has to happen to get us from here to there. And often what happens is when we're doing that, if someone was to interact with us and talk to us and say, what are you doing right now? you would say, I'm, I'm just measuring. I'm, I, I, I'm just figuring out how much it's gonna take. I'm just balancing the checkbook. I'm just looking at my bills. I'm, I'm just looking at the doctor's report. I'm just measuring. But what does God say about measuring? God says, I throw a party when you begin to figure out how much is it gonna take, where do we start, how do we begin? And here's, the, here's what, what God tells Zerubbabel. 
God says, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise where you are. Now, that should tell you something. If God has to go out of his way to describe these two scenes, that human nature is to throw a party when we get the miracle, and human nature is to despise the process of getting the miracle. God says, if you're gonna walk with me, if you're gonna work with me, you're gonna have to flip that around. You're gonna have to make the decision, I'm gonna go against human nature and I'm gonna throw a party for what I have already in my hand. I'm no longer going to describe this as just measuring. When someone asks me, what are you doing? I'm taking stock. I'm figuring out just how big of a miracle this is gonna be. I'm figuring out what it's gonna take for us to start. I'm gonna figure out what am I asking God for? I'm figuring out what it's gonna take to pile up the resources. I'm gathering wisdom. I'm getting knowledge. I'm discerning what we need to do. I'm not just doing anything because the days of small beginnings are not just anything with God. You see, with you walking with Jesus, you don't ever just have anything. You are never just anywhere. With the presence of God filled with the spirit of God, you're empowered by God. And the small beginnings are the places that people of faith throw parties because we get to see God work. We get to see the process unfold and we get to see the goodness of God in our time. And the picture that God gave me was this. There's an old uh, rapper. He's, I say he's old, he's in his 40s. So you know, I guess I'm old too in that case. But his name's Flava Flav. Anybody know Flava Flav? Okay, Flava Flav. If, we don't, if you don't know Flava Flav, this is Flava Flav. Okay, so Flava, so Flava Flav now, back in the day, he was famous because he would wear this clock. Everybody knew it was Flava Flav because he would show up wearing the clock. Sometimes it was blinged out with diamonds. Sometimes it was gold. Sometimes it was small. Sometimes it was big, but Flava Flav wore the clock. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem for Flava Flav. In order for you to still know it's Flava Flav, he still has to rock the, 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 the clock. In fact, this is a recent picture of him. He is still wearing the clock. Why? So that you know who he is. This clock has become so, such a part of his identity that he has to continue to wear it. Some of you are wearing just like that. It's been on you since you were young and you thought I'm just a kid that grew up without a dad and you're still wearing it. Some of you have felt like I'm, I'm just in an entry-level job. I'm, I'm just a first-generation immigrant. I'm, 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 I'm just trying to make ends meet. And the problem with living life that way is when do you stop being just that? Some of us are waiting for a moment, a ceremony, a graduation, a, a time when someone will come to us and say, you're no longer just that anymore. Now you've graduated. But the problem with life, the, I'm sure you've figured out, is nobody's coming to tell you that. Have you figured this out with marriage? Oh, we're just newlyweds. When do you, when do you become covenant partners, building a life together, dreaming visions and, and praying bold prayers? When do you move out of the honeymoon into the covenant phase of being partners with, in the call of God on your life? When does that happen? Nobody tells you. So you have to kind of figure it out. 
And so what I felt like God put on my heart for us this morning at Life Church is just this. I think it's time for a little ceremony. I think it's time for a little celebration. I think it's time for somebody to look you in the eye and say, hey, you're not just anymore. You can let go of that. You can, you can put that aside. You can take off the clock. It no longer has to be your identity. You don't have to wear that around anymore. And you would say, Ethan, but we're just starting. I, I, how do I, like, I don't want to ignore reality. Right, right, right. I get that. But you see, God says, the just in my hands is all you need. So if you'll change your view of just, it'll change your view of you. And you'll begin to have faith to step into what God's called you for because what God most often does is he changes you before he changes your circumstances. He begins to give you a boldness, a picture of who you are. And all through the Bible, we see God asking people to give him just and become who he's called them to be. Moses stood at a burning bush and he said, I'm just a murderer, I'm just a shepherd, I'm just a guy that can't talk very well. And God said, yeah, I want you to give me that because I'm calling you a deliverer. In fact, all through the Bible, God calls those things that are not as though they were. And so, God tells Joseph, you're gonna lead a whole nation through a crisis. You're not just a prisoner. You're not just managing Potiphar's house. See, for Joseph, managing Potiphar's house was the training he needed to be over Egypt. He learned how an Egyptian household worked so he would know what an Egyptian household would need when they told him they needed food because he, wouldn't, he, would, he would catch them in a lie. They, he understood, you need this much food. And when they said, we need this much food, he said, no, 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 I've run a house, you need this much food. He was in prison. Do you know why he was in prison? It wasn't just to meet the butler and the baker. He was in prison so he would be able to work with the shadiest characters in the country. Liars, cutthroats, backstabbers, cheats, and swindlers. He would be able to understand them and decipher their lies and their, their, their tricks so that when the shadiest characters would stand in front of them and say, we need this much, he would be able to say, no, we gave you this much last week, you dirtbag, get out, I know how you think. Everything that God was doing was not just anything. It was not just prison, it was not just Potiphar's house. It was training for what God was preparing for him. And so where you are is not just. And so I came this morning to take that off of you. Give me the clock. Give me just. You don't have to carry it anymore. This is not just a church. This is a lighthouse for this community. This is not just a Sunday morning service. This is the huddle with the team, the people of God gathered together where our faith is strengthened, where we get to look each other in the eye and say we're not alone in trying to follow Jesus in a dark and broken culture. We are not by ourselves. We have brothers and sisters, older that have gone before us and younger that are coming behind us. We are doing this together to make a difference, to make a dent in the gates of hell that will not prevail against us. This is not just. It's not just a Sunday morning gathering if you will change the way you see it, it can be a holy moment with you and God. All through the Bible, the people of God struggle with this idea. The disciples face a crowd of 5,000 hungry people. Yes, you know the story. And Jesus says what to them? What does he say? What do you have? What do you have? What is their response? We just have, we just have a lunchbox from this kid. 
we get the benefit of hindsight, don't we? We know how it works out, but I want you to forget that you know how it works out. How would you feel handing the creator of the world, the word made flesh, Jesus standing in front of you, the one who walked on water, the one who made blind eyes see, the one who made lame legs walk, when he says, what do you have? How inadequate would you feel? Jesus, I have this. How would that feel? I would feel like I failed him. But Jesus wasn't making a mistake by leading those people to be in that field with no food and his disciples to have to look at them. Why? Because he would know that he eventually would leave and he would leave his disciples facing a world that would need spiritual food. And if they didn't value the little they already had and understand that if you would just do the little you have, Jesus would do the rest. He was training them not how to feed people's stomach, but how to change people's hearts. And they would stand by themselves. They knew Jesus had risen and they would stand by themselves in the middle of first century Rome with an emperor who was trying to kill them and they would feel just like they did in that field. Jesus, we don't have very much. But what do Peter and John do? They were with Jesus in the field and they saw Jesus take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 people with it. So when they walk by the lame man at the gate and he's begging them for money, what what do they say? I don't have silver and gold, but such as I have, give I thee, get up and walk. Why? They knew the little they had was enough for God to do the miracle. That faith didn't happen at the temple gates. That faith happened in the field with five loaves and two fish. Where God has you right now is training ground for what he's gonna do in the future. Owen and Hope, you're not just starting a young adult ministry in Londonderry. I love you, buddy. I'm gonna cry, I can't look at him. My, the, the, this precious couple have, uh, I'm so proud of them. In some ways, I don't feel like they're my, he, they're, he's my son. In some ways, I feel like he's just like this guy I'm really proud of that's doing work for Jesus. They're helping a church plant in Londonderry. Uh, they just got married, they're young. But they're not just trying to, when you can let that go, you go, okay, God, let's, do a mir- let's see you do a miracle here. In our church, When I see people get a hold of this, it changes everything about the way you interact with the things of God. It changes everything about the way you interact with your house. We have a guy named Kurt in our church. Let me tell you Kurt's story. Kurt came to our church uh, after, he's he's in his 60s. He came to faith uh, two months ago. He met Jesus. He came to faith because he showed up at our church building when we were, remo- we were remodeling the building we're in, and he showed up to hang our lights. Just showed up to hang our lights. And our worship pastor just made friends with him. He was just like, I'm just gonna love on Kurt. I'm just gonna get to know Kurt. I'm just gonna get to know Kurt's story. I'm just gonna find out about Kurt. I'm, Kurt's gonna be my friend. Kurt did not wanna be friends with our worship pastor. Kurt was crusty. Kurt just wanted to get off the lift and go drink a Coors Light, everybody. He, didn't, he did not wanna talk. He just wanted to get out because he, he had an addiction in his life and he was socially uncomfortable. But you know what Eric did? Eric said, this is not just a man hanging lights in our building, this is a target for the grace of God and I'm just gonna minister to him. And so Kurt said, because Eric, who's our worship pastor, was nice to me, every time I would drive by your building, I just had this gnawing thought in my heart. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't get struck by lightning if I went to church there. Maybe I'd be okay there, maybe I'd be okay there. And so he walked in the doors of a church. Do you know what our team said he looked like when he walked in? 
said he was covered in sweat and he was shaking. He was just so scared. They brought him in. One of our teams said, why don't you sit with me? Sit next to me. Sat next to him. At the end of the service, when we gave an opportunity, as we always do, for people to make a decision to follow Jesus, they said, Kurt just went like this with his hand. <laughs> and what they said, what Eric said, our worship pastor, before and after was completely different. Before shaking, sweaty, and scared. After, bright eyes, big smile, shoulders back. Do you know what he said the next week when he came? He said, I haven't had a drink in a week. I haven't had a drink in a week. So I, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's, I'm gonna be able to keep going, but I haven't had a drink for a week. You know what Eric said? Just keep coming, just keep sitting with me. Keep, keep leaning in, let's go have coffee. Keep hanging out with us, keep walking into the things of God. Kurt has now been, Kurt has now not had a drink for the entire time now. We're praying that keeps going, right? He's just, a, he's up. He's starting out, he's taking his first steps boldly. You see how easy it is? Oh, it's so easy. I'm... But because our team, because one guy that loves Jesus didn't see this as just a random thing, a man's life was changed. We have a little boy in our church, just started coming, his name's Tyler Ray. Tyler Ray, lived in a broken home. His mom and dad were separated, a really, a really ugly divorce. Tyler Ray's dad just got custody of him. They had no God in their life at all. Didn't think anything about church. They would drive by our building and Tyler Ray, this little eight-year-old boy, just randomly started asking his dad, should we go to church there? And his dad said, I laughed for months at him. We don't go to church. It's, I don't even know where this idea is coming from. This little boy just saw the sign and thought, maybe we should go in there. You know what, I really think we have a playground that's right inside the windows. I think he saw the playground. <laughs> we should go in there, Dad, that looks fun. His dad finally brought him to church. They came to church, both of them gave their hearts to Christ, and here's what he said. He said, when I got custody of my son, I bought a house right next to the church. He said, I thought I just bought that house because it was cheap. He said, I realize now I bought that house because God was bringing me home. See? In God's hands, it's not just a house. It's not just a building. It's not just a church sign. You're not just in Bradford. You're not just in Leeds because your parents moved here. What if God brought you here for a reason? What if God has you working next to who you work with for a reason? What if there's somebody that's supposed to be sitting next to you next week that you've just been walking by and you thought, well, I don't know, they're just my neighbor, they're just my friend, that's just how my dad has always been, that's just how life has always gone and maybe it's time to see them through a different lens. And here's what I came to say. Moms, you're not just raising little kids you're discipling world changers. It's not just a sandwich you're making. It's food to keep them fueled for the life God's called them to live. That's not just a juice box. That's, didn't Jesus say this about kids? If you give what? A cup of cold water. He said that cup of water, the simplest thing you can imagine, H2O in a cup, 
It's not just water. If you give it in my name, there's a reward connected to it. See, in the hands of God, nothing is just what it is. It is always the beginning, the seeds of the supernatural. And so here's what I would just ask you to do today. Spiritually speaking, would you just take out the red pen of the Holy Spirit and would you just cross that out? I don't just wait tables. I'm the greatest sustenance, hospitality coordinator in the history of humanity. I work, I work in this restaurant bringing together separate parts so that people have an amazing experience, believing that if maybe the stress falls off of them a little bit, there's a chance to smile and with bright eyes and a little bit of boldness say, hey, God bless you today. Glad you came in today. If you ever need anything, I'm, I'm here. My name's Ethan. Glad you guys are here today. I'm not just working in this business. I'm not just managing spreadsheets. You're not just anything. And when you make the decision, okay, God, I'm gonna partner with you in the beginning of this process. What does God promise? There's a party, there's a party, there's a party. But God always leaves it up to us. Will you pick up the first part of the process and start believing that I will do the rest? And so this morning, for some of us, it's time to let go of just. And so I just wanna pray for you. Lord, this morning we come to you and we bring our lives and our hopes and our dreams. So many things in the future we cannot yet see. So many moments we're hoping for. We're hoping that one day there will be a time where we will put the last rock in place and we hope there will be a party to see the finished work of God. But we choose this morning not to despise the day of small beginnings. So if you would, there at your seat, just open your hands before heaven, just as a sign of surrender, uh, just a, a symbol of your willingness. And if there's a place in your life where you feel like something has been described in your heart and your mind as just, I'm just single. I'm just lonely. I'm just trying to figure it out. Would you just, would you sit there and would you open your hands and would you simply do this? Would you let the Holy Spirit take that out of your hands and replace it again with the calling, replace it again with his grace, replace it again with his mercy, replace it again with confidence. Holy Spirit. Would you do the surgery that is necessary this morning to carefully and gently as only you can divide out that which doesn't belong. Scrape away that cancerous presence of just in our life and allow us to see the, the tools of starting, the small beginnings through eyes of faith. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We give it to you. Take it, Lord Jesus. Renew identity renew calling, give grace. Oh, would there be fresh wind in our sails, fresh breath in our lungs, fresh water flowing through us, a river of living water flowing out of us, the presence of your spirit, the kindness of heaven, the grace that flows when people have confidence to work with you. Oh, Lord Jesus, would your presence be so real? 
and our confidence in the spiritual reality heightened so that we can work with you to build good things together. Lord Jesus, we give you our work, we give you our effort, we give you our time. Would you multiply it as only you can? We love you so much. We're so thankful. Now would you look up here? Would you look up here? We've done, we've done the work. Now look up here, now look up here. Here's what, Jock, is it okay if I have everybody stand? Is that okay? Would you stand, would you stand, would you stand? Okay, here's what I want us to do. Here's what I want us to do. I told you this morning, there's very rarely a time when the pages turn. Only sometimes in our life, if you think back to the pictures you have on your walls and the diplomas you've been given, there's only a handful of times where we celebrate the page turning. But this morning, you've let go of just. You've given it to God. And so I came to look you in the eye this morning and in the small beginnings, we're gonna throw a party for right where you are to say you're not just anything, you're working with God. So this morning, we just say, yeah, come on. You're doing it. Hey, you're doing so much better than you think you are. You're not where you wanna be. But baby, where you are ain't that bad. Amen? Let's give God some praise. Thanks come on. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you, so why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at Life Church Home. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.